0: Love, Talk Radio.
1: night isn't it yeah this is our monday night broadcast i'm your host sean holmberg along with christopher herzog and so um what's new um news about bin laden no big deal um nothing too terribly there um always praying for the safety and the end of violence um In the world Ironically um, I don't personally think it's going to happen In the the Bible It talks about um, It says um, Even Jesus when he was talking um, And throughout the Bible It says as in the days of Noah So will the days be With the return of the Son of Man When everybody was completely oblivious To the things of the Father And Moving away from the knowledge of the Lord And um, and even more so As you see the day approaching And even now we can Sort of see that happening in the world um, There's five million things to distract us From what's real and what's true Being the Lord Jesus Christ Being uh, the Father Um and you know there's always going to be things on the news there's always going to be wars and rumors of wars um but like Jesus said these are just the beginning of sorrows um but it just means that the time is getting closer and closer until the return of Jesus and you know at the end of Revelation he said um, behold i come quickly um and even when you know the disciple when Jesus was um resurrected from the dead and um right when he was beginning he was ascending into the right hand of the father um, all the disciples were standing around Watching him go And he was being lifted into the air And after he left They were still standing there watching him And these angels came up to him and said um, I mean brothers why are you standing here The same Jesus who who left Will come back in the same manner And pretty much it was like giving them a kick Saying you know what you got stuff to be doing You shouldn't be like standing here waiting Go do the things you have to do And You know I I hear a lot of people, and I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody by any means. Um there's a lot of people who tend to live in a state of worry and fear about what's coming or what could come or the times and the seasons um that may be coming. And you know, the Bible does say and um Amos it says the Lord does nothing unless he reveals it first to his servants of prophets. And the Father, through the Holy Spirit, um, will speak to believers. Um and give them insight as far as the seasons even jesus spoke of seasons and like um and with israel and the fig tree and and so we know that we're in a season of the last days um but if you think about it we've been theoretically in the last day since jesus left and i've heard people go through the book of revelation and if you've never read revelation um it's a very um Deep book and it has a lot of prophetic meaning And um, but there's also A couple different ways you could perceive Revelation um, as far as like The time frames that it talks about And nobody really knows for sure um, Except for when we spend time With the father and we hear from him Um, But even then There's um, People who have different opinions about What it says and what it means But in the long run It doesn't matter because When he comes he'll come and we need to be ready either way, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's 20 years from now, whether it's 200 years from now. Um, Jesus is coming back, but the Bible also says that the Father is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that it all should come to repentance. And I say all this to say that, you know what? Jesus said, don't be worried about tomorrow, for today is sufficient for its own troubles. And there will be plenty of things to worry about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. But for today, we focus on today, and we focus on the time we have here. Cause you know, Jesus said, which one of you by worrying can add one um, cubit to a stature. And it's true. Um, you, I, I've had this really long life, even though I'm only 35 and, you know, I've had times where I was rich, theoretically not super rich, but I mean, I was comfortable and I've had times where I've been extremely poor. And, I've noticed that in either situation I've been in throughout my life, um, whether when I was single or now when I'm married, um, I've noticed that there's always something to worry about. There's always some new bill coming up. There's always some person at your job that you may not get along with perfectly. There's always someone at church who says something that you just don't like or something that just really bothers you. Um, there's always some crisis, there's always going to be someone who's sick There's always going to be um, someone who needs advice There's always going to be the good days and the bad days It never changes um, from now until we um, die and, and go to be with the Lord um, And so the reason I'm saying all this is you know, There's no reason to worry or to spend time in fear of what we don't know Um, and I think there's a reason that God doesn't tell everybody every little detail as far as the times and the seasons, you know, there's been a lot of people, um, recently, and I'm not sure how recently, recently is. Um, but off and on, you'll see people who will talk about how, um, they'll come up and say, okay, and they'll think, well, the end's coming on this day or the end's coming this day or Jesus is coming here, 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 here. Um, But, you know, it goes completely against Scripture for any human being to ever claim that they know when Jesus is coming back because, you know, even Jesus said the only person who knows when he's coming back is the Father who is in heaven. Um, and Jesus said that, and you know, if Jesus said that we should just take him at his word and realize that, you know what? Nobody knows that father's not going to tell us it's none of our business. And that may sound sort of harsh. Um, but it's true. It's really none of our business when Jesus is going to come back except for, for us to be ready. And for, and like the, the parable says that when the master comes back, he finds us doing what we should be doing and he finds us being faithful. Um, and having our lamps filled with oil and most importantly, working on our relationship with him. Um, cause heaven forbid, we get to the point where that day comes, whether it's now, um, or when it's when the Lord returns and we stand before him and we don't have any clue who he is. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of ways that people can have relationships with the Lord. Um, Um, I'll give you an example of another story and for anybody who's a new listener who haven't Listened to this program before um, I tell a lot of stories Um, But when I was a um a new Christian, a relatively new Christian after a couple of years. Um I wanted to go to Christ for the Nations. Um actually originally I was gonna to go to Oral Roberts University or Christ for the Nations and I finally was sitting down and praying and I had a brochure for each school and I was just praying and looking at these two different brochures, trying to figure out which one I wanted to go to because all I knew is I wanted to go preach the gospel to everybody and um And then my eyes flashed over to this Christ for the Nations bulletin, and it said um, said, um, prayer for all the nations or something like that. And that just caught my attention, and that was it. But up until that time, my only relationship with the Father um, came from the times of crying out to him when I really needed help or when I was in church. And granted, I spent a lot of time in church, but I didn't develop anything beyond that. I hadn't ever, no one had ever told me the importance of having an intimate relationship with God outside of church. And, you know, we need to be in church and we need to be around other believers because if you're not around other believers, then you're not with anybody who's like-minded. And that whole phrase, you are who you hang around with, is actually true even in in the Christian world. Um, which is why the Bible says we are, are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And, you know, whenever you're around the Holy Spirit and you're spending time with the Father, you automatically gleam off of Him and you automatically take up His characteristics and become like Him. And so we need to surround ourselves with the believers, number one, because... Um, the Bible declares, if any two or more of you gather together in my name, I am there in the midst. And it says that iron sharpens iron. It says that a two-fold, um, it says that two are better than one, and a threefold fold cord cannot easily be broken. And you know, when you're out in the world, and you're not surrounding yourself with other believers who have the same beliefs as you, and as far as the Father. Sooner or later, you're going to get to the point where you're going to feel completely all alone, like Elijah did. And Elijah, who had performed all these miracles, um, had uh, Jezebel claimed that she was going to kill him. And all of a sudden, after he had performed all these miracles, he started freaking out, sort of like the children of Israel, who had been who had seen the. the the almighty God delivered them time and time again. He had just delivered them from Egypt. They're going through the desert and all of a sudden they start getting hungry and are f- afraid for manna or for not having any food. So God sends manna and then God's, and then, I mean, and God's constantly doing this stuff, but he had just uh, like, like, um, um, moved the Red Sea so they could walk through it. And now, I mean, which is, I mean, they're literally walking and they get to, to the Red Sea and all of a sudden, it parts, and they get to walk through it. And then the Egyptians, the army that was chasing them, gets devoured by the sea. And now they're back, now, and then later on, they're in the desert, and now they're freaking out because they don't have food. And then God takes care of that. And then they're freaking out because they don't have water. And, you know, in the same way, um, we get to the point where if we don't have like-minded people around us who can build our faith and encourage us and uplift us, because you know, you know, every every most almost all prophecy. Isn't there's almost never, there's never prophecy. I want to say that's actually meant to condemn anybody, because the Bible says in Romans um, chapter eight um, that there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. And you know, all prophetic ministry is made to exhort, to edify, to uplift. Um, into encourage um to build up the body of Christ. It's never meant to tear down. Um it's always something positive that um demonstrates the love of the Father. Because you know, if we're speaking on behalf of the Father, um whether it's prophetically or whether it's in ministry or um if it, if there's not a, a the presence of the love of God and um our conversation and in our actions and there's something wrong. Because everything we should do should should point to Jesus and everything about Jesus is about the, the love of the Father sending his only begotten Son. That whoever would in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so um and so we need to be around believers, number one, to be encouraged. Because you know, I've been there where I thought it was just me and I was all alone and I would freak out and it's like God it's just me, I'm all alone but All I needed to do was get into a church To be around other believers um, And that's great And it, it's it's Great to have the corporate anointing That comes from being around a body of believers um, Even in the New Testament Right after Jesus was resurrected From the dead and ascended to the Father The disciples were gathered together in one place In one accord um, And that's when the Holy Spirit The Ruach HaKodesh came and, But you know Beyond that, if we look at the life of Jesus, even though he was always with his disciples, for the most part, he was always around believers, um, or people who were becoming believers, um, he always had that time where he separated himself and went up to the mountain to pray, or went away to pray, and to develop his relationship with the Father, and, um, and that's when you hear the Father. You know, Jesus um, was at a point where he didn't have any um, food, and his disciples left to go get food, and they came back, and he said, I have food that you do not know of, and which is to do the will of the Father who sent me. And because Jesus made it a point that he never did anything unless he heard from the Father, and he never heard from the Father unless he spent time with the Father. And we, as believers, have this amazing ability and privilege and honor that we can go before the uncreated God through the blood of Jesus, through the the veil that is His His flesh that was sacrificed for our sins. You know, um, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was was shredded two, declaring that there was access to the holy place. Um, and that there was no no, no no longer a need for, like, one priest to go and become an intercessor because Jesus Christ became our intercessor. And he made and he broke down the walls of separation so that we have complete access to the Father. You know, it says, And he first come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. And we individually have this amazing ability and honor that we can... Spend time with Jesus, that we can spend time with God, that we can converse with Him, and we can like learn to discern and recognize His voice. But you'll never get to the place of discerning and recognizing His voice unless you're spending time in His Word, unless you're spending unless you're spending time with His presence. Um. And so, back to my story. This is a long, long way around the story, but um. Back when I was in Christ to the Nations, it's literally, to me back then, it was like heaven on earth. The most amazing atmosphere of the presence of God. Everywhere I was on campus, it literally felt like I was in the presence of God. We had worship every morning, worship every night. Um, It was unbelievable. And um, I was having this amazing time in the Lord. But then when I left C.S. tonight, it got really hard. Because I had never, even though it was in a Christian college in the middle of the presence of God all the time, I had never had that time of separating myself from that and being alone with him i mean, and we we talk about how about practicing the presence of God um and about how you can. Come to the realization that you're always in the presence of God and that he's always there and we keep him in our consciousness That the father is always there because he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you and his presence um, Is everywhere. and there's nowhere we can go away from his presence but Even then it's rare for most people to spend just to spend time alone with him conversing with him um, And I hadn't done that so when I left um, for the Nations, it, it was hard my walk like like just like fell horribly because I didn't have anything I didn't have any kind of stability, I didn't have any kind of foundation. I mean, I had the Word of God, but I didn't have the the confidence in my relationship alone with him that it's easy to have when you're in the presence of God in like a corporate setting because I got out of Christ of the Nations and I realized the same presence of God wasn't in my apartment um his presence was there But it wasn't the same As being in a church With amazing worship And everything else And there wasn't all I mean, there wasn't all this stuff That you normally have In a church And so I had i So I had to struggle um, You know, Paul said at one point To work out your own fear Your own salvation With fear and trembling And I, I really did that for a while Struggling with my relationship with God Because I was having to do it From scratch And Trying to take what I had heard from God and what I read about God And try and to take that and apply it to a relationship with God That I didn't really have anybody to teach me about um, Luckily, I had the Holy Spirit And, you know, it says in, um, I believe it's First um, John, I could be wrong about that Or it's regular, it's just John It says, um, the same Spirit who buys in you will teach you concerning all things um, and the Holy Spirit teaches us concerning things of the Father And um, <clears throat> so I had to have this long period of time of developing my relationship with Him But in that relationship with Him and developing that relationship with him, I learned confidence in my relationship with Him Which is similar to my relationship with my wife I mean, if my wife is, goes to the store or she goes out of town or something I'm completely confident in our love and our commitment to each other um and it's the same thing with the excuse me with the Father because we don't always see him or we can't see him. I mean we can see his the effect of his presence in, in our lives and when people get healed or delivered, we can see the effect of his Holy Spirit working. But as far as physically seeing God, we can't. Um not yet. And I don't think we'd want to because um cause if any man sees a fa no man can see the face of God and live. <laughs> But, um, when you have a relationship with him, there's a stability that comes where you through through time and um and and let me i'm trying to tell this story i I don't know how good of a job I'm doing, so I apologize for that but um the the Bible talks about how there's fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, patience, righteousness, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, and that's in Galatians. And but you know, the thing about fruits are, and the fruits of the spirit is they're not the gifts of the spirit. You know, the gifts of the spirit are like the gifts, like gifts of prophecy and um, various miracles and gifts of faith and um, gifts of interpretations of tongues and all the gifts that the Holy Spirit um grants and the believers but the fruits of the spirit are completely different cuz they're not given to you they're grown in you and they're they're grown like and cultivated is a better word for it it's like when a when a farmer goes out with a garden the first thing he has to do is he has to till the ground he has to break up the ground and you know, in our lives, the Lord a lot of times has to go through a breaking up and a tilling process, removing the bad dirt, laying new foundation, um, so that there's good soil um, that we, that, so that way the word can grow and the the word can flourish inside of us. And so, because um, you know, Jesus said he talks about um, there's different um, kinds of soil, um, and we want to have. A foundation of soil that allows the word of God to grow and to flourish in us. And so the first thing that the Lord does is he has to till the ground. And then he has to plant the seed. And then through planting the seed, and then after the planting the seed, then he has to water it. And then sooner or later, there's a harvest. And you know the same thing with the gifts of the Spirit. Um it's not an instant process it's a long growing out process is a process of the holy spirit constantly reminding us of the scriptures um reminding us that well, by grace we're saved through faith and that it's not our, ourselves it's a gift of god not of works lest any man should boast which is what it says in Ephesians um reminding us that we're the righteousness of god in christ jesus um and so patience is one of those things and um I mean, and self-control is one of those things. But there are things, you know, the Bible says that Jesus forever perfected those those who are being sanctified. Um, Perfected us in the eyes of the Father, but we're still being sanctified, and we're constantly being sanctified until that day. But, um, so, back to the story, is that um, through my relationship with God, I learned stability, and I learned to trust Him. And through reading the scripture, getting an understanding of the Father, one thing is like one thing I learned is, you know, the Bible says in Job, one of my favorite verses, and I say it all the time, it says in Job that the, um, if the Lord wanted to, he could withdraw his breath from the world and it would cease to exist. Now, granted, he's not going to do that. Um, but he could. And, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but he will remain. When everything is said and done, he's still going to be there. Um, He's he's eternal, everlasting, everlasting, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, He is the unchanging one. It says that Jesus is the same yesterday and today forever. So the same Jesus and the same word of God that was in effect 2,000 years ago is the same word of God that's in effect today. It's the same word of God that's going to be in effect tomorrow, the same word of God that's going to be in effect 20 years from now, 200 years from now, however long we're actually here. Um, Whether it's us that witnessed the return of the Lord Jesus Christ or whether it's our great grandchildren. um, Because, you know, even the disciples thought that theirs was the last generation. Um, And ever since then, every generation has said that they're the last one. And granted, the time's getting closer, but as far as when that time comes, nobody knows. but you learn not to worry about it, not to dwell on it. Um, there's way too many things to do than being concerned about when the Lord Jesus is coming back. We need to be ready be vil- be vigilant, always being watchful in prayer, but at the same time being busy because sometimes we spend way too much time. Debating and talking and trying to figure out the things of God And the plans and purposes of God that aren't ours to figure out Because there's some things that the Lord gives us to understand And there's some things that are none of our business Um, I mean, It's none of our business when he comes back Because the Bible says that nobody knows but God um, So nobody should be turning around And anybody who turns around and says that Jesus is coming back And say October the 5th of whenever um, they're crazy, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It sounds bad, but I mean because literally it's completely unscripture, unscriptural. Because the Bible says that nobody knows, and the Father's not going to tell anybody. Um, and that was the last thing Jesus said about it. On it said about it, so we should leave it at that. Um, and you know the same thing with with, with wars and rumors of wars. Um, we've had a lot of those things happening. And they point us to the seasons that we're in Um, But it should also convince us that We need to be even more busy Trying to reach the lost Trying to tell people who don't know the Lord Jesus That the Lord Jesus loves them and that he died for their sins. I mean, and that should be the one focus that we have on our hearts is the fact that, you know, Jesus said you, you say they're still foremost into the harvest, but he said, Look up, look your eyes up and the harvest is already I mean, the fields are already ready for harvest. Um and they are. Um, whether you're in the United States or Australia or England or Switzerland or some little remote island in the middle of the ocean there are people out there who don't know him. And so we can either spend our time worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow and what's got and how God's going to provide for tomorrow. um, Even though we know he will. Um, And, and, you know, that's the thing. Um, We, we tend to worry about like bills, for example. Um, And, you know, there's this really good philosophy is that if you don't have the money today to pay a bill, then the only thing you can really do is go before the Father, who knows, who Jesus said knows everything you need before you even ask it. But we still ask it to come in agreement with him in his word, that if we ask, we shall receive. And Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Um, but we we can give something to him. Like It's like, okay, Father, I have this need, I have this bill, I can't pay it. Um, it's it's all, all up to you. And we leave it at his feet, and we trust him that he is jehovah Driver, the, um, the Lord, our provider. And, you know, if he gave this manna today, he'll give it tomorrow. And he'll give it the day after that, and the day after that, because he changes not. Um, it's his very nature to provide for his children. I mean, you know, David said in the Psalms, he said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his feet begging for bread. Um And so we need to get a place of not worrying about the things that are out of our control. The only things that are in our control is our ability to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the nations and to intercede on behalf of the nations. And to literally do what Jesus told us to do, which is preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, Um, things like that. And everything else, all the worries, um, all the things we can't handle, all the bills, all the everything else, We that's what prayer is for. We give it to the Lord. We trust him to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Um, you know, the Father said in Jeremiah 30, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. But if we never trust him, we're never going to see him... We'll never see the miracles happen because we're not trusting him. Or we're not giving him the opportunity to prove him, prove, him, prove his own word to us. Um, and so, anyway, um, that was a very long rant um, or talk or whatever you want to call it. But um, this is Pro International Radio. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458 um and we will be back in just a few minutes Welcome back to Prayer International Radio um, Our calling number is 619-638-8458 I'm your host, Sean Holmberg And along with Christopher Herzog Who will be um, joining us in just a few minutes um, And so tonight we went on a long tangent about trusting God So, um, you know, just to give you a... The, just to, another story um, to let you know that I don't just say things, um, but because I've actually had to live them. Um, there was a couple of years, like four or five years ago. Um, there was this period of time where um, I've been living with my my twin brother because um, we were best friends, and um, the place where we're living wasn't working out, and so um, we were having to make this choice of getting a new place to live, and he was engaged at the time, and um, he had decided that him and his um, fiancée, who were about to get married, we were going to get their own house, and um, we had been living together for a couple of years, and he had wanted me to come move in with him or stay living with him, and um, I changed my mind. I decided that for the first time I was going to get my own place, and I was probably like say, 27, 28, something like that, but I had never had my own apartment before in my entire life, even when I was in college, um, never, even when I was in the Army, never had my own place. And so I moved into this new apartment, and in the first couple months, I completely was scared to death, because um, I'd never been alone, and I had an amazing job at the time, which, um, this was probably like in January of whatever year it was. And so, and I was all confident, had a new car. Um, and so a month into moving into this new apartment, I lost my job. And, um, I had a couple, I had some computer work, side work, which didn't pay a whole lot, but I mean, 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there. And so I was stuck with this huge um dilemma in that okay now i don't have a job i have an apartment of my very own for the first time and i have a car payment what am i going to do so i finally sat down and had a long conversation with the lord and what came out of the conversation was that i was going to continue in my side work and i was just going to trust god Which it's, you know, it's easy to tell people to trust God. It's a lot harder to actually do it. And so what ended up happening is for the next year and a half, two years, um, I did contract computer work on the side. And month to month, had absolutely no clue how the bills were going to get paid. Except for I was going to trust God. And for a year and a half, I never had a bill that didn't get paid, period. Um, Except for one time, I think the electricity got cut off because I just forgot to pay it. Um, But in general, even though I never knew where the money was coming from, right before the bill was due, God would always provide. There would always be some job that would come up that would be just enough to pay the bill or whatever, And for a year and a half, I worked less than I've ever worked in my life. I had no idea where the money was going to come in from, and God always provided. And so to let you know, I mean, it is possible to live completely by faith and trust in the Lord for all your finances. Um, There's plenty of missionaries out there um, who have to do the exact same thing, and they live completely in faith and trust in the Lord to provide for all their needs. Um, So you know, um, I'd probably be, um, you know, I, I should probably read some scripture because I don't have that much time left. First um, John five, um, um, it says, "Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves His child as well." This is how we know. That we love the children of God By loving God and carrying out his commands In fact This is the love of God To keep his commands And his commands are not burdensome For everyone born of God overcomes the world And this is the victory that has overcome the world Even our faith Who is that Who is it that overcomes the world Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God You know The the disciples were constantly um, having issues and struggles, and the fact that the Father would prove Jesus would prove Himself over and over again to them, and they still couldn't quite understand it. Um, um, With the feeding of the five thousand and how there were many baskets of fragments that were picked up, it was they. Go through things over and over again And sometimes you know We need to look back in our lives And look back over the times When God has provided for us To give us encouragement And the strength and the faith To believe and to trust God And to understand that He doesn't change And that if He provided for us yesterday He's going to provide for us In the future It says um, This is the one who came By water and blood Jesus Christ He did not come by water only But by water and blood And it is the Spirit who testifies Because the Spirit is the truth And, you know, the Bible says um, Jesus said um, When he, um, he, the Spirit of truth Will come, he will um, reveal to us all things And it says that no one knows The mind of the Father Except for the Spirit of the Father And Jesus said this Holy Spirit Would take what it says And declare it unto us And the Holy Spirit is here To actually reveal to us The things of Jesus And to reveal Jesus to us it says, um, I'm going to skip down the verse thing. It says, verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have that which we ask of him. You know, there comes a point in our time when we need to stop Worrying and seeing the world the way, or seeing the rest of the world the way the world sees it. And we need to see the things that happen around us, and we need to see the things of God through the eyes of the Father, and through the eyes of His Word, and through the declarations of what His Word declares over us. Um, and believe that we are who the Bible says we are. And you know it's really important to have. I mean, James says that there's death and life in the power of the tongue, and we need to start confessing over ourselves the Word of God, and not confessing over ourselves what the Father said about us through the Word of God, and not believing what the word what the world says, and not fearing the things of that happen like the world does. But knowing that we are standing, you know the Bible says that we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and it says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And you know, the Bible says he who did not deliver his own son up but who did not um who delivered his own son up for us, how will he not through him freely give us all things? Um and so, you know, whatever happens Today, tomorrow The next ten years No matter how bad it gets Or how good it gets or whatever else It doesn't really have any effect Because he is still God And he's still unchanging And he is still um, The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords And that is the one thing that will never change Um Anyway, this is Printer International Radio. Um, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And we will be back in just a few minutes.
0: And how good he is, where you're at. Just put it up.
2: Alright, praise God <laughs> I guess we're muted This is Prayer International Radio My name is Chris Herzog And I'm picking up the second half of the broadcast uh, Sean Holmberg was just sharing his heart And teaching the word of God tonight Praying and Just declaring the word of the Lord Worshipping God Hallelujah And We are declaring the word of God to the nation. Tonight we just want to open up in prayer. If you have any prayer requests, feel free to get into the chat room or call us at 619-638-8458. You can email us at prayerinternational at com. Check out the website, www.prayerinternational.org. And we're taking prayer requests tonight, and just declaring the word of God to the nations. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Father, we thank you for what you're doing tonight. Father, we thank you for what you're doing throughout the earth.
1: Lord, we give you praise
2: tonight for Jesus Christ. and We are declaring Jesus Christ to the nations, declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who have ears to hear. And Father, we pray that you would open up their hearts by your Holy Spirit and that you would bless them that you'd give them eyes to see and ears to hear, that you'd cultivate in them just an attitude, worship, prayer, and Father you'd fill their lives with the Spirit of truth, Spirit of Christ, in your presence. Father, we thank you that your glory is covering the earth let the waters cover the sea Lord we ask Father your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven Lord just give daily bread to those that need it Lord provide for your children take care of your people Lord bless your people Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit be with us tonight, that you would bring forth your word in truth. Bring forth your word tonight, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. And Amen. Praise God tonight, we just want to get into the word a little bit and just you know I just want to share my heart with those of you out there uh, just really thankful for the Lord, just really want to show an attitude of gratitude, to show appreciation tonight for Jesus. All the blessings, it's just everything that God has done. And so, you know, the Bible says to give thanks continually, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing. You know, and I think that we really need to give thanks continually. We need to learn to be thankful, to have an attitude of gratitude. You know, thankfulness goes a long way in the, ki- the the kingdom of God. Thankfulness goes a long way. Even outside of the kingdom, thankfulness goes a long way. When you meet people in the world, they don't even have to be Christians. But if they're thankful people, that they just really express gratitude, do their express thankfulness from their hearts. You know, there's there's a certain spirit about that among people. That's just such a blessing. And now talking about the kingdom the Bible says to enter his gates with the giving in your heart. And to enter his courts with praise. Praise God. As you begin to develop that attitude of gratitude, that graciousness towards the Lord, as you begin to develop that
0: thankfulness
2: towards God, there's something that happens. You see, the the things around you, the atmosphere will begin to change as you develop Thankfulness towards the Lord You see Psalm 100 verse 2 and verse 3 Actually let's just read the whole thing I really want to get this down in people's Spirits Alright praise Jesus Let me just flip over here Uh, Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence, with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that made us. And we are not we ourselves, in other words, we didn't make ourselves, it's he that made us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Here's where I was getting to, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. You see, the way you enter in is through the gates, and it's with thanksgiving. The way you come into his courts is with praise. The way you come into his presence is with singing. See, there's a pattern here. And as you begin to get into the holy pattern, something will happen. Something will change. We're going to go into a time of worship And express our gratitude And express our thankfulness too You may tune in and wonder Well why do these guys worship all the time Why do they have so much music on their talk Radio show It's because There's not enough words To express The thankfulness in our hearts There's not enough words Or books To explain Jesus Christ And all the wonderful things he's done But You know he commands us to worship He commands us to sing He commands us to thank him He commands us to praise He commands us to pray And to love him And not only does he command it We want to do it I want to do it I know Sean likes to do it He wants to do it and so we just want to express our hearts to the Lord. We want to invite you to just worship God and allow the presence of the Lord to bless you and the presence of the Lord to touch you.
0: And all who are thirsty. And all who. Are you have you yeah.
2: We're back Pro International Radio Sorry our switchboard's kind of messed up So uh, we we're muted for a while there Pro International Radio My name is Chris Herzog And Filling in the second half of the broadcast If you want to call in Our call number is 619 638 Join the show Or ask for a request Or listen to the show Whatever the case is You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And we're going to get into Psalm 2. It's the 2nd of May, depending on what time you're listening. So we're going to get into Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Question, why do the heathen rage? Why do people imagine vain things? Think about that. Why do people plot or meditate on a bunch of emptiness, worthlessness, sanity, things that don't matter much? And the kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder cast away their courts from us. You know, so many people come up against the people of God, the councils of God. They come against the Lord's anointing. They come against the plans of God. And the plan is to break their bands, to break down our unity, break down our morale, break down our camaraderie, break down and get us discouraged but The Bible says He that sits, verse 4, in the heavens shall laugh And the Lord shall have them in derision You see the Lord, he laughs Because the Lord does whatever he pleases God laughs because he does whatever he wants. It says Then verse five, He shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure, yet I have said my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me. See, this is God speaking over his people, over his beloved, over his children. Listen, if you're a son of the Most High God, this is God speaking over you today. This, thou art my son, today I have begotten thee, ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and in the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a the rod of iron and shall bash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be the wise, therefore, O you kings, be instructed, O you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and trembling, and rejoice in the Lord. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry. Angry. It's an act of homage. It's a act of gratitude. It's an act of worship unto the Lord.
1: When His wrath is kindled, but a
2: little blessed are they that put their trust in Him. So if you're putting your trust in the Lord today, blessed are you. Serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Be wise and, and learn. See, the, only the fool says in his heart there is no God, but see, if you're wise, he'll serve the Lord with fear and If you're a son of God, God says, ask of me, and I'll give you the heathen. I'll give you the nations. I'll give you the Gentiles. See, those people that are not God, just begin to ask God for them. give you the heathen for your inheritance, the nations for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. See, God is declaring in the decree, he's declaring the decree of the Lord. He's saying, You are my son. Are you a son? See, you're not a servant. You're a son. You're not a slave. You're a child of the Most High God. And as a child of God, there's benefits. There's an inheritance. Praise God. It's the secret of success in Christ's kingdom. Is the ability to pray. Ask of me, ask of me, ask of me, and I will give you, ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. Are you declaring the decree that the Lord has said unto you? Are you asking God to give you the heathen or the nations for your hands and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession? Are you kissing the sun? Are you worshiping the sun? Are you glorifying the sun? Jesus. Praise God Well, pray to God This is for International Radio And we're just sharing Psalm 2 Getting into Psalm 2 Hallelujah Well, so what are we going to do now? Let's focus on that, 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 that ask of me just kind of jumped out, ask of me. been talking about prayer, been talking about asking, seeking, knocking. He said, "Asking, you shall receive. New Testament, Old Testament is asking me and I shall give thee. So the secret in Christ's kingdom is the ability to ask. The ability to pray. The more praying there is in the world, the better. See, the world's shaped by prayer. The world's shaped by declaring the decrees of the Lord. The world's reframed by the works of God. See, God shapes the world by the word. god's set God set on his on his people praying God's heart is moved when you ask when you talk to him, when you reach for him when you humble yourself God wants us to reach out. God wants us to reach out. The secret to his success is asking. We're, we're it off of Psalm 2, verse 8, asking me and I shall give thee the heathen for your inheritance. We're talking about the ability to ask, the ability to pray, and how God's heart is moved by the asking. Prayers outlive lives of the people that utter them. They outlive generations. greatest service and the truest service you can do for your generation or the one coming is to pray for them. It's the prayers of the saints of God that strengthen. Praise God. Asking me is the condition that God puts in the the beginning, asking me, and I shall. See, we're supposed to pray. Pray for God's cause to advance. Pray for God's conditions to be met. Pray for God's glory to cover the earth. If you're going to walk in power and the and the ability to overcome in this life, it's going to be from praying and being in the presence of God. The keynote to having a sanctified life and and a holy life and a in a powerful ministry, prayer. It's in that secret place on your face before God listening to the voice of God. See, is not just saying a bunch of stuff. It's not just asking. But it's receiving. See, if you're asking, God's going to answer you. He said, Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So not only is he going to answer you in your spiritual ears, but he's going to show you something, and your spiritual eyes will be open. So you'll you'll hear and see. And if you're asking the right questions and you're asking God to reveal his plan and his will for your life, you've got to be willing to be ready to hear. You've got to be willing to be ready to see and be open to where his spirit is going to lead you. Where his spirit's going to take you. When God moves in power, it's because men and women are praying. When God's church comes into its inheritance of mighty faith, mighty prayer, I guarantee you it's going to be hinging on the people of God that are praying. You want to go to a place that's full of power? I guarantee you there's going to be a prayer movement behind any move of God, any move of power. Any healings or miracles, any salvations or financial breakthroughs, any deliverances and, and bondages broken off in people's lives, I guarantee you there's prayer somewhere at the foundation of it. Praise God. So just ask. We're just in Psalm 2. Look, we're going to go into a time of worship here briefly. And then we're going to get into some word. We've uh, gone over Psalm 100 and Psalm 2. Have some time of worship. Talks about thankfulness and and gratitude. And we are going to get into more about prayer in a minute. Praise God. Thankful for you tuning in. Thankful for your listening. We just bless you right now in the name of the Lord. I, praise God, I was just reiterating a few things in the chat room about Psalm 2, verse 7 and Psalm 2, verse 8. You know, it says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. And the decree that the Lord said that this man of God is declaring is actually when he says, thou art my son. He says, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And then he begins to say, ask. And the whole thing there is, is he's declaring the decree that the Lord said. And sometimes when we're facing our situations, we're facing our trials, we're facing our circumstances in life, whatever it is that we're dealing with, we need to begin to declare the decree that the Lord said. And not necessarily declare the decree of man or declare the decree of a person, we need to begin to declare the decree that the Lord says because he it's good to remind God of his word, it's good to remind God of what He says because God honors His word, and when you begin to take God at his word, when you begin to talk to God about his word, when you begin to take God's word and talk it or take it or say it back to God, explain it, take it to Him, and I guess not necessarily confront Him, but remind Him and just bring it to His attention that He did make this decree or He did make this declaration. And so when you begin to declare it also, you're coming in alignment You're bringing yourself in alignment. You're bringing yourself in line with God as you're declaring and decreeing. That's why confession of scripture, that's why making what they call positive confessions or confession prayer is so important or, or speaking affirmations over yourself. Begin to declare what the Lord has said over yourself, over your body, over your mind, over your spirit, over your family, over your finances, over your ministry, over your city, over your church, but you begin to speak God's words, see this is part of prayer, and you learn to begin to speak truth, you learn to begin to speak in accordance and in alignment with the spirit, because see Jesus said you have whatever you say, and what's rough is when you've got people that pray one thing. But they're constantly saying another about that situation. They're praying for God to break through, but they're always talking defeat. They're praying for God to heal, but they're always talking sickness. You see what happens? James put it like this a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. This is part of prayer too. This is a teaching on prayer. No double-mindedness, single miss of heart. You can't serve God and man above, because you'll either love one and hate the other. You can't be double-minded. Blessings and curses can't proceed out of the same mouth. You can't be double-minded. The Bible says let that man not think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. But when you ask, ask in faith, not wavering, and being tossed about like the waves of the sea. And that's what the Word of God says to you. So we're just kind of talking about Psalm 2, Ask of Me. Everything I get into is probably going to have a prayer focus of some sort. See, what we need to learn listen, the, the disciples, when they came to Jesus, they were intrigued. By his ability to communicate with the Father. They were intrigued by his ability to be about the Master's bidding. You see, he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only speak what I hear my Father speaking. He had this keen connection with God. Where his life was constantly in alignment with the Father. But even as a man, he taught us we needed to pray Gotta remember, yes, Jesus was God. But He came down as a man, and we, we think it was just to be a sacrifice. But it was also to be our example. It was also to be our example. So let's try. Your example. Praise God. Uh, let's try it to be your example. Let's try it to be your foundation.
0: This is what
2: up here, but uh, you know, we're praying for the harvest, we're praying for the nations, and we're praying that God would send laborers into the harvest, you know, that's one of the prayers that Jesus said to pray, was pray that the Father would send laborers into the harvest, glory to God, so Father, we pray that you'd send your laborers into the harvest, we pray for the nations, we ask you to save the nations, Father, we ask you to give us the nations for our inheritance. Father, we pray, Father God, and we thank you that the uttermost parts of the earth are our possessions, Lord. And we pray right now for those that are in the chat room, the guests, Lord. Father, we pray for the ministries that have been so faithful to listen to us right now, for J.C. Overcomer Ministries and all in the service. I would thank you for Patriot Greg in the chat room tonight. Just bless Greg tonight. Father, we pray your will be done and your kingdom come in his life, Lord, that you touch us. You bless him and his family, Lord, that you would just allow the uh, show that he does, allow what he's doing, Lord God, to just stretch to the four corners of the earth to bear much fruit and fruit that remains, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that his life is a living epistle, Lord. We thank you, Father, you're calling us all to be living epistles, to be ministers of your gospel, to declare and to share, And always be ready to give an account, Father, when anyone asks Of the glory and of the joy and the hope that we have in you So, Father, right now we ask your blessings upon everybody, Father We thank you, Lord For uh, those that were on tonight, Lord, those that were listening We ask your blessings, Lord, over our nation Over Israel And, Father, we just say Let your glory cover the earth Like the waters cover the sea, Lord and we just thank you, Father.